Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan from LaughSpin.com. Thanks so much for once again tuning in to the LaughSpin podcast. This episode is a very special one. It features my interview with Jim Norton, little Jimmy Norton, one of my favorite comedians of all time. It was a blast to talk to him. I've talked to him many times before, but this is the first time I actually sat down with him uh, for the Laugh Spin podcast. I met him up at the the, uh, Sirius XM Studios shortly after one of his uh, Opie and Anthony broadcasts. Thanks to Jim and thanks to Sirius XM for for letting me uh, in to your fortified building the security there is pretty tight you guys but i got in i got in so what do we talk about in this interview i'm going to keep this really short because the interview is great and most of you listening to this i don't think want to listen to me talk you want to hear jimmy talk obviously talk about his new special american degenerate which premieres on epics on august 23rd at 10 p.m eastern remember that in addition to that his album please be offended is currently in stores so that was a special that was his previous special that is now just available in album form which you could pick up in stores or on amazon or you could download it from itunes Uh, i highly suggest you pick up please be offended and i highly suggest you watch American Degenerate on August 23rd at 10 p.m. on Epics. That's all I got. Why don't we get right into my interview with Jim Norton? Jimmy, thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Oh, good. Thanks for coming up, man. I know you're uh, you're a busy guy. That's okay. It's just a matter of finding out. We didn't realize you were traveling yesterday, so it was just good. We got it today. It's perfect. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. No, the. Uh, I mean, it was uh, short notice, but it was it was perfect. Tuesday. Let's do it. Yeah, it's a busy week. I mean, just getting everything, all the interviews and stuff for the special. I mean, and it's like we're not even supposed to be doing radio this week, but Opie and Anthony split up their vacation. One, we were off last week, and then we're off again next week. So I think we could be live for this. So uh, right, uh, no, they really did me a fucking solid this year. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen uh, I've seen epics have really uh, more and more comedians. Or I mean, I, this is not this is what your your second or third my for? second with them. Yeah, I mean, I every comedian I talk to that has worked with epics have nothing but good things to say about them yeah it's like they creatively leave you alone yeah uh they don't fuck with you at all or very very minimal yeah and they were serious about promoting it i mean cause i think because they know i am like i'll, I'll do the, all the press and i'm happy doing it and you know they got me billboards this year because i was like look when it the reason they did that is because when we air leno's off so I did the Tonight Show August second, and I'm doing it again the 26th, right after the premiere, just to you know get the replays plugged. Right. But I think that they felt bad that I'm, so I kind of guilted them into it. I'm like, fucking, <laughs> there's no press I can do. Everybody's off, and I think they guilted them into fucking uh, uh, <laughs> billboards. Yeah, I saw the um, I saw the uh, in Times Square. There's the um, I don't know what you call them, but the posters on the the nice posters yeah, on yeah. the by the um, by the newsstands. Yes. It's pretty impressive. I don't think I saw it. I don't think I've ever seen Jimmy Norton's face. No, it's like I that. never get posters like that. Occasionally with Antisocial I did. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I, I very rarely get any kind of press like that. I have to always have to usually make my own press or, or fucking beg and scratch for it. But they were very cool about doing it. Yeah. Yeah, they seem very, they seem very artist friendly. Uh, it seems like you're able to 
you know, premiere it on there and then do whatever it is else you want to do with it, whether it's going to Netflix, I assume... This will pop up on Netflix at or some Comedy point. Comedy Central, yeah. Yep. Well, they're good. Ross actually wanted to do a premiere for this. He said, let's do a premiere, or do you want to do one in a the theater? And my low self-esteem said no, but then I watched the special again, and I'm like, I should have done a premiere. Like, I really like this one, and I hate my shit after I shoot it. Like, I literally- really? I mean, I'll, I'll, Oh, yeah, oh, I hate it. Uh, once I'm done editing it, um, I fucking despise it because I'm sick of it. But this is one I just watched the other day- and I'm like, fuck, man, I should have done a premiere because this was actually a good special. Yeah. Um, and the other ones were good, but it takes me like a year to look back on. I watched Please Be Offended because somebody was tweeting me lines from it. And I'm like, oh, there's some funny lines there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And that comes out on DVD the 20th. I mean, tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, oh, there was some good lines. So I watched it again. I'm like, wow, I actually fucking was happy with that. But this is one that I like immediately. And I kind of wish I had done a premiere. I'm such a pussy. I mean, you could do something retroactively. Give it a second push. Nah, once it airs, you know. That's it? Yeah, they've seen it already. And the opening I tweeted, so people have seen the opening already. The opening is something I, I need to talk to you about, which is, I mean, it's it just encapsulates who you are, uh, just your sense of humor so well. Thank you. Uh, so, so Michael K. Williams from yeah. uh, The Wire. Omar, yeah. Omar, as people probably mostly know him. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, is featured uh, prevalently in the opening of your of uh, American Degenerate. Yeah. How? What was that conversation like? Uh, first of all, explain. I, I mean, I could explain the scene, but I mean, I want. First of all, how did that conversation? How did you get him to do that? Well, I didn't know. I wanted to do because Ozzy was last year, and that was yep. so personal to me. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Ozzy, but everybody knows that I. I wanted it to be somebody who like the people who like me know that I love. So they know I love Ozzy. Yeah. They know it. Um, and they know I love Michael K. Williams. So for me to get him was a miracle. Like I wrote the sketch where he's, it was originally brutal. Like I had him like actually grunting and fucking me and me going like, stop, why are you doing this? Like he was brutally raping me. Sure. And then I'm like, that might be too harsh for him. I'm like, Mike not want to, might not want to do that. So I called him and I'm like, look, I have this thing. I want you to open my special. He goes, yeah, man, sure. I said, look, I got Ozzy to do it last year. And I'm like, I could get you a script. He goes, no, nah, man, it's all good. If it's you, it's fine. And I was really happy he said that because it gave me time to tinker with the script because he might have seen that script and went, uh, I don't yeah. know about this. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew that once he was in the room, he would do it and it would be funny. So I, I initially had a gun in it too. Yeah, and... Michelle Caputo, who is my producer, yeah. who is really smart, said, you know, you might want to take the gun out because the epics may have a problem with that. And they would have because that really implies rape. Like this implies that my hands were tied and I was gagged, but a gun makes it a little harsher. So I was kind of glad that I took her advice and didn't have the gun. Even yeah. though my friend was there and he had a revolver. Um, and it came out really good. And. There's a, couple, there's a scene where Michael licks my head in it. He improv that and asked me if he could do it. He slapped me on the ass. That was his doing. Um, so the two most intimate things, which was the head lick and the ass slap, were things that Michael Williams just improv And um, it came out really funny, and I was absolutely happy with it. But Epix was a little nervous about it because, again, it was a guy fucking me in the ass. Yeah, or, or sure. Flying ass fucking... And then they were, they're like, well, we don't know how funny it is. They just, you know, they saw it on paper. They're like, we don't know if this is funny or not. So we showed it to him without the laughs and like, ah, we don't know. I'm like, trust me, I know where the laughs are going to come. So I remember standing behind the screen as it aired for that audience in, in Massachusetts and the fucking, it killed. And I was like, fuck it. I've never been happier with anything. I was like, yes, because I knew it was a vindication <laughs> that what I, you know what I mean? That right. like, I do know 
what the fans will respond to. And in fairness, Epic said immediately, wow, you know your fans. You're right. You yeah. know what I mean? They were really cool about it, and uh, that's why I love them so much. They didn't push back. They weren't dicks about it. They've been completely supportive. That's really great. I and now, mean, now if people don't like it, I could accuse them of being racist. That's right. There was a black man fucking me, and I'm like, hey, you're just a racist. You just don't get it. That's right. So it's it's interesting that uh, Michelle had said, you know, the gun she was smart, yeah. would apply rape, which, sure, absolutely. However, I wonder, I mean, man-on-man man man rape is barely talked about. Right. So I wonder... What if if you did go with the gun and and the you know it was more clearly a a, a forcible, non consensual act? If the conversation would have led to rape because it's man on man. You know this was enough for it too because I was gagged. My hands are tied behind my back and there's tits on my back and yes. I'm actually going like for some reason I am just not in the mainstream psyche enough to get in trouble for shit like this. And I also think because I'm on the Opie and Anthony show and the type of an act I do, and I'm very aggressive on Twitter and I smash people who are offended, Yeah, that I think I get away with a lot. And, and I say get away with, I mean, I, I think that people aren't really going to be bothered with me for doing this stuff because it's kind of expected. I mean, again, if I went on Twitter and said something horribly racist, like and meant it, um, or if I tweeted a joke where the punchline was like niggers, but it wasn't like being sarcastic, like that could get me a lot of shit, like negative, right. like really bad shit, you know, because then you're just being a dick. Right. But uh, if I've used that word in quoting something or in, in bashing people for their hypocrisy and I've never gotten in trouble for it, I guess because I use it the right way. I'm not using it to be gratuitous or to be an asshole. Right. But I mean, I can't just go on and do whatever I want without limit. You know what I mean? I'm not stupid. But I think I can get away with more than most people because they kind of expect me to be a fucking creep. Right. And like you said, I mean, as as rabid your fan base is and as you know successful you've been, you're not at the level where you're on television every week like Absolutely. Daniel Tosh. Exactly. Tosh. And Tracy Morgan. Tracy and Tosh have, because they hit they hit Americans who really just know them from their TV shows. Right. And they're shocked. And don't know what to expect. Right. Um, and plus there's a lot of money at stake. Even people who know them and like them and don't want to hear that stuff from them, um, there's a lot of money at stake. And I don't blame them. And I address both of those guys in my special, right. much more Tosh. And the rape jokes... And uh, I don't blame those guys for saying they're sorry. They're both, you know, edgy comics. And look, they, there's money at stake and they're not dumb guys. And I would have said I was sorry too if I had a fucking multi-million dollar... Yeah, you say you're sorry, you move on. Who gives a fuck? Right. You lose millions of dollars for a dumb rape joke or a dumb gay joke or whatever the dumb joke is. Right. Like, it's not that important. It's not like you're being crucified for the theme of your artistry. Like, if someone said, hey, Jim, we feel like you shouldn't be criticizing people who are politically correct, then they're getting to a, a core issue of me as a performer. Right. Like they're saying, we want you to go back on who you are and your belief system, and that's a grave difference from one dumb joke. Right. Um, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And the only thing, I don't regret anything I've said in this special, but I shot this special at the end of March. It was actually a few months ago. And it all is timely. It works. But I talk about Tasha's rape jokes and I bash, I don't even know who blogged about him originally. I've read pieces of the original blog. I don't even know what the original blog is. Just little, was that after that, I debated Lindy West. Yeah. And I actually like Lindy a lot. And we had a fun debate on Kamau Bell's show. 
And I'm only hoping people don't see this and then think like, wow, he's really trashing Lindy West because this was done before I ever heard of her. Right. So, um, and I've said this in another interview, I just don't want it to come off like I'm a duplicitous guy where I would have this, is that the right word? I think it is. I believe so. Where I would have a nice interaction with her and she and I stayed friendly after. Right. And then it would seem like I would go up and have a shitty tone about bloggers. Right. Because in fairness, I look back on it and I'm like, I kind of have a shitty tone about bloggers in my special. But, you know, it's the only thing I would change is I would still mock them for, for fucking blogging about being offended. But in fairness, I mean, they're not doing anything different than comedians. They're just expressing their opinion through what they do. Right. Like they blog. I tell jokes. So I shouldn't shit on the way they're expressing their opinion any more than the fucking press should shit on the way a comedian expresses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in, in fairness, man, they're, what they're doing is legit. Even if I think what they're saying is shit, right? Or and stupid. And, and and I mean, I've I've seen uh, you know the your appearance on Kamal's show, and uh, I've read Lindy's pieces. And when I was watching your special, I did I, I didn't think at all that you were you were talking about someone like Lindy. Oh, good, good. I, I thought I, you were talking about people who you know go to their Tumblr accounts and start writing, which is I'm pretty sure what the case was. With Daniel Tosh, I mean, oh, I don't, okay. I don't think it was. I mean, Lindy is actually a writer, uh, you know, who writes for a, you know, a, a, a well-trafficked, yeah, website. Um, so yeah, I, I assumed you were talking about people who, you know, like the Tracy Morgan thing. That thing blew up because some guy went to the show and just wrote about it on Facebook, yeah. I believe, and that's and that's how it, it blew up, and and that's what's scary that some people with no credentials, no real kind of grasp of writing or point of view or, or journalistic integrity has access to Tumblr or Facebook and can just say something and then it just blows up. See, they don't bother me because I think that they have the right to do that. Like their opinion, because they're not performers, isn't invalidate. Like it's legit. You think Tracy was a creep or you think Jim Norton's a creep or you think fucking Daniel or anybody are pieces of shit and, and fair enough. You should be allowed to say that publicly and you should have a public forum. My problem is the dumb motherfuckers that make something of that. It's almost like... I see. Like, like because expressing your opinion or saying I hated this or this was my experience is fair. That was your experience. But the fact that people run with it and make something of it makes those people cunts uh, and those are the people I hate even more than the, than the initial blogger or writer of the thing and that's where my opinion has changed slightly because it's always like when like I don't hate Al Sharpton as much for again back to Imus because he didn't fire Imus Jesse Jackson didn't fire Imus it was these fucking pussy white people who are, are work at, at the uh, the radio stations who are, who are the bosses over at whether it's CBS or Viacom or whoever it was so they're like, you know, William Donahue, uh, the Catholic League, did not fire the Opie and Anthony show. Right. Did not yank the Opie and Anthony show. Fucking the radio company did. And they knew better. So there's a lot of people who are always worse than the people making the complaint. It's the people who take the complaint and go, well, we have to do something. Right. You fucking assholes. They legitimize it. They legitimize it. And it's like we like to we like to watch each other get in trouble. And I, I kept the uh, the blogger thing in, A, because I still believe it. Yeah. I still stick up for Tosh and what he did. And I think there was nothing wrong with it because he was responding to a heckle. Yep. Um, and I used it to segue into attacking the fucking cocksucker media, which was the real point of that, which was these these pigs... Um, who who really do show pictures of Daniel uh, Lanza and, and and James Holmes and 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 Jared Lofner 
even though they know it contributes to a culture of violence. Right. Um, and they don't give a fuck. They do it anyway. Because it's entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. All theater. It's all, all theater. theater. And what? And then people say, well, if you're acknowledging that uh, the media has power, well, then you as a comedian have power by doing rape jokes. I, I did not step into a trap there. The difference is comedians don't motivate people to rape. Okay, no one rapes because they want to be the subject of a comedian's joke. Right. Doing something in humor, and it also does not uh, make for a culture where that thing is acceptable and okay, and then people do it. Bullshit. But when you are the press, and you read the manifesto and print the manifesto of a sociopath, you are giving him what he wants. Sure. And FBI profilers will tell you that is what he wants. Right. To go out in a blaze of glory, or to be heard. Nobody wants to be the butt of a comedian's joke, but people do want to be heard and legitimized in the media. So the press is giving these fucking cocksuckers what they want. And the press can sit on stuff. Like, it's funny how mad the media got at Gawker when they wrote about that fucking... That, remember that guy uh, from, I think, NBC? Or Whatever, one of those guys was being held overseas mm -hmm. and the press blacked it out. They wouldn't talk about it because they didn't want the, the, the hostage takers to know who they had because they wanted this guy released. Uh -huh. So there was a media blackout. Somebody from Gawker wrote about it and the press was furious. Right. So they showed that respect to one of their own. Right. But Dub I guess when it comes to the rest of us and our fucking workplace safety, go fuck your mother. It doesn't yeah. matter. Double standard. Double standard. So I, I don't blame them for being silent during this guy's being captured. But then show right. the rest of us that respect and don't fucking print these scumbags pictures unless we're still looking for them. Like they were in the case of that uh, Chris, who was that cop? Whatever, that, the black cop who was oh, rogue. Oh, God, right, yes. That was legit because they were still looking for him. Right, if there's a, if there's, um, you know, if there's a journalistic reason, if there's a, a functional reason, like you said, like if we are, if we actually need to identify this person or be on the lookout for yeah. this person, it makes sense. Christopher Dorner, I think his name was. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they were right. They 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 printed his you know version of his manifesto as well. That I mean, I don't think we needed that to track him down. I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about why he did it. So this fascination, I've had enough. And, and, and again, I've known a lot about serial killers and these murderers, and I'm sick and tired of this fascination we have with these fucking these fucking little these little broken toilet human beings. And again, that's what all the profilers say. Treat these people like they're little nothings, which is what they are. They're little nothings. They're broken nobodies. They're not these monsters and in the inner workings of the evil mind because that's what they want. But the press knows it and they do it anyway. So fuck the press. So I love that I attack them yeah. harshly in this and I meant every fucking word of it. Uh, they're just vultures and they weren't always like that, but it's 24 hour news I was, cycle. <laughs> I was just going to say it's, I mean, every, I mean, it's, it's cliche at this point to, to, to blame the 24 hour news cycle, yeah. but it's, but it's true. They need to have it's, people. It's true. Them. That's it. It's all rated. It's, it's, it's all ratings. It's, and they, they, they need to do it because yeah. if they don't show the manifesto, well, the, you know, the three other news channels are going to, yeah. and they're going to suffer. And, and it's just. It's a horrible cycle. And their excuse, by the way, is, well, this is what people want to see. Okay, well, then rape jokes or, or gay jokes are what people want to hear. But they push those stories. And because, again, the same, the same whorish mentality that gets them to d desperately need eyeballs during a serial killer or fucking mass murderer story, they push these stories through. They recycle it. They fake outrage. They say things like, people are saying, outrage is building. That's created by some jerk off in a newsroom. Right. So they go actively hurt performance. And that's why I have such a vindictive 
kind of vendetta against them because I'm sure someday I'll have that kind of problem uh, and the press will love it. They'll love it. They're the same ones that can't get enough of somebody's personal life. They can't get enough of Mel Gibson's phone calls. But I'd love to say to Matt Lauer, do you fuck your wife in the ass or no? Does she come when you go down? Like, talk to me about your wife. You right. want to sit there and, or, or, or talk to me. Maybe you've never said nigger, but have you ever said anything nasty about Asians? If you want to sit there and crucify Paula Dean, who is a fucking dumb fat twat, <laughs> but if you want to crucify her for being honest under oath, how about you, scumbag? Did you ever say anything? Can you say honestly you've never said a racially inappropriate thing? You're lying. Right. No one believes that. But instead of like giving each other that break and that benefit of the doubt, we're just this country of fucking snitches and narcs. And we deserve every liar politician we get. We deserve it because when they tell the truth, we step back and we allow them to be crucified. So we deserve every fucking liar in public life. You know, like all the corporations are greedy. We're greedy. Yeah. You know why there's so many corporate rules and all this shit? Because we're so happy. That's a reason. You know, you slip on a banana peel and you want to sue the fucking homeowner for 30 million because you have emotional distress. Right. We're just, we're shitheads. <laughs> or like the Travolta thing, which you talk about on the special. Yes. You know, those, those guys looking for $2 million because they felt, you know, harassed by, I mean, not, I'm not saying that they weren't or they, or yeah, they, maybe or they, they were. were, maybe they were. Yeah. But $2 million for a, for a, for a nut group. If what they said is true. And I, and I, <laughs> and I feel bad for Travolta because again, I don't know if he's gay or not. I, I legitimately don't. Maybe he's gay. Maybe he's bisexual. Maybe he's straight. And they lied totally. I don't know. But I personally, my belief is that it seems pretty specific and it seems to me that they were telling the truth. Yeah. And it makes me feel tremendous empathy for him. Yeah. And I would like to hug him and go, I, I, I'm so happy that I'm a comedian and I can be a pig and admit that I fuck, love trannies and not give a fuck. And I'm not married with children. It doesn't matter when you're Jim Norton. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to surprise you. You can't get me with it because I'll tell you first. Whereas a poor guy <laughs> like Travolta has a wife and children. And, uh, and again, if I'm going to make fun of him, which I did happily, I'm a liar if I don't tell my own experience. Like, I had happy ending experiences, and the reason I believe those male massage therapists is, and I mean this, and I said this in the special, sure. because I've done most of that shit. Right. Like, when that guy, one guy said that Travolta pushed his ass cheeks back and was moaning, I'm like, oh my God, have I done that a million times? <laughs> Trying to get a finger, and when, it, when you feel that finger brush your asshole or your fucking balls, it's like, ugh, you groan to let her know that's what you want. That's what you, it's this unspoken dialogue you're having. Right. And I believe, that's why I believe what they said. So that's why I'm qualified to speak about it. And, and nobody seems to admit their own fucking dirt. Admit your own dirt. If you want to attack everybody else or even address everybody else, admit your own shit first. And then I'll respect your point of view. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and you, and you, you, you touch on the fact that, you know, in, in the special that isn't it amazing. Isn't it great that I'm a comic that I could stand up here and just say whatever I want and there will be no repercussions. And maybe it, 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 it's just, it's freedom. And that's, I mean, obviously I love watching comedy. It's, it's a passion of mine. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the part of the reason obviously is I like watching people tell jokes sure. and tell stories and it, it makes me laugh. But the other reason I love it, especially from, you know, a comedian like you, thank you, is uh, it's 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 pure freedom. That is freedom. I can't. I'm married. I got two kids. I can't 
you know, there's stuff, there's stuff up here. Sure. Like I can't, I can't just let it all out. Right. And so I watch, you know, a guy like you and I'm like, that is freedom. That is pure unadulterated freedom. Watching him say some of the things that are in my mind. Uh, and uh, making me feel less of a like like a scumbag. Well, you know, and it's and it's, it's and the thing is, and thank you is that is that the fact that we want each other. Like me and Jim Florentine were talking one time, and Jim raised a great point because we were on terrestrial radio and satellite at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I loathed the terrestrial experience, not because you can't say cunt or go fuck yourself, but because they would dump out of Asian jokes. Or if you did an Asian accent, because there's such fucking that. That fucking twat John Liu, mm. who I hope gets no votes for mayor, would target radio guys like JV and Elvis who did Asian jokes. This fucking hunk of shit that he is. So anything with Asian in it, we would get dumped out of. So it was this fucking thought policing and this selective language policing. Right. Um, and, and Jim said, do you want to perform in a place that's a thousand seats and you can't say anything? Or do you want to do a 500 seat theater where you can say whatever the fuck you want? saying when you go back to satellite and he was totally right yeah so i'm on the opie and anthony show on satellite radio we, again we there's always a limit even if my boss is not a boss it's the fact that you know the public outcry will mean people don't come to see me so there's certain things you don't say because you don't want to and you're smart but we have real freedom on on serious here i have real freedom on twitter i have real freedom on my stand-up specials um on my advice show like i'm really fucking lucky as a performer that I have a level of fame that is nowhere near Tosh or, or fucking even guys like Louie who is up through the roof or Kevin Hart. Um, but I can say, and those, and Louie can say pretty much whatever he wants. So Louie's yeah. a bad example, but, but I'm not near that <laughs> level of fame. But when you're, you, it's like, I can say pretty much whatever I want without worrying. And if somebody on Twitter comes after me, I can just fire back. Right. Fuck you. Shoot yourself. <laughs> who cares? It's nice to have that freedom. Yeah. I'm yeah. lucky. I guess I'm lucky, I'm saying. Yeah, you are. But, I mean, you've earned it. You've earned it. It's not like you've been doing this for five years. Yeah, I've been at it for a long time. <laughs> and when you, get a, when you get a fan base, you don't have to worry about all the people who see you and reject you because you have your own fans that come along. Right, people are coming on purpose yes. to see you. And that's, that's, a, um, that's a benchmark that every comedian wants to hit it's great you know crisscrossing the country and headlighting you know good comedy clubs and maybe a third of the audience know who you are but the other two-thirds are just there because you know why not let's go see some comedy but once you start drawing a crowd you know like a guy like doug stanhope who just you know plays as many like small rock clubs as possible he knows people are coming to see see him him. yeah he can say what he wants and that's delightful it is you're right that is something comedians and I forget not to take that for granted because it's one of those things that you work for many, many years to get and you work hard to get. And then when you get it, you don't want to lose sight of the fact like I have it. Like that's, and I always try to respect the audience by giving them new material or by giving them good material. Like, I, you know, it's like I don't ever half-ass it to my crowds. I try, I work my stuff out anonymously in the city. Like I go on as myself, but I don't work under my own name. Um... And when pe- by the time people come out to see me, I want to have at least a new 40 to 45 minutes uh, or 40 minutes plus some playing with the crowd and working sure. on some stuff, you know, because that's my respect to the audience is that you're not going to hear the same stuff you just watched on my special. Right. Like the stuff that you're going to see on this Friday on, uh, on Epics on American Degenerate, I don't do that stuff anymore. Right. I have probably a new 25 to 30 now. I'm ready to go back on the road shortly. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like uh, your your cycle, you always have something new premiering on television. Meanwhile, not always, but I feel like in the last few releases, 
now, you know, and Please Be Offended is now also coming out on... Tomorrow, I think, by the time this airs on DVD. Right, so you always have, like, the last thing coming out in physical form while the, yeah. the new thing... So there's always... You're very prolific, Jim Norton. No, well, you just like... It's like you like to lily pad jump from fucking thing to thing to thing. Or I've had a couple of CDs that came out. You know, you just try to always have something to talk about or something new. Yeah. Because people are not going to love everything, but the more of you that's out there... The more people can get, you know, turned on by, you know what I mean? Like, turned on to you, not by you. Um, <laughs> or by, you Yeah, know? May, possibly. Sure, sure, you know. Not likely. You're but, a nice looking chap. Uh, I'm trying to get in, you know, eating better, going to the gym. Um, yeah, so, man, you look great. Thank you very much. What do you much. even do? What do you do at the gym? Oh, I was just kidding. Uh, I know. I'm going to embarrass you now. I, I have two trainers, both women, who I, I are both extraordinarily sexually attractive, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, neither wants anything to do with me. See, that doesn't physically. that doesn't distract you. I, no. I I had a trainer once uh, who was a guy. I I think if I had a a female, even if she was ugly, that I I would not be able to stay focused. I don't want either one of them. Like, you get used to it. And they both have amazing bodies, and they're fun to look at. But you really do get beyond it. Like, I just enjoy chatting with them, and they talk about their dates, and I don't care. Like, they're friends of mine now. And uh, they're such good trainers. They really are legitimately good. And I like female energy. It's nice to just talk to a girl. Yeah. Even though you're not flirting, and I know they're not going to fuck me. It's not about that. I don't want a guy's energy. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I just don't want that shit in between. Like, sets. go get him! Yeah, or even in between. So, dude, what are you doing? Uh, why am I talking to you? <laughs> I fucking talk to Opie, to Anthony, to Erock, to fucking Sam. It's all to Sal. It's all men. Right. I deal with men all morning. It's like, yeah. that's why it's nice to go in a beautiful girls, even though it's a totally different and non-sexual environment. It's fun. Yeah. And they work me differently. Like, uh, they, you know... I gotta be careful. What I eat. The eating is so fucking hard, dude. But, I, you know, I want to drop the final 10 pounds. It's really difficult. That's the worst thing. I mean, especially in your gut, it's all about diet. I mean, I, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I really, I don't do drugs. My my thing is food. Like, yeah. I'm fucking addicted to food. It's really so, hard, I'm man. always up and down. It's hard. And I do feel like, I'm, these are all size one shirts from James Purse. Like, I'm throwing shirts out or I'm giving them to homeless as I get because I don't want to have that shit to go back to. Like once I, I'm out of a size, I'm done with it. So right. now I can't, I don't want to so fatten up it. in my shirt. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of forcing my, and I was, it's, I went and saw Sabbath, obviously, and I was buying all medium concert t-shirts. I was so happy to buy mediums. One of the reasons I want to lose weight is because I want to go online and there's like these fucking really expensive old, like, like original Sabbath shit from Never Say Die and Sabbath, but they're $750. Yeah. And I would buy something like that because I love the band enough. But, but you, man, you it better look, fit. You want to look perfect. In it. I want to look right. It's going to be tight and uncomfortable, but I don't want to be a fucking fat-titted cunt in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, I wouldn't... You have 10 more pounds? I wouldn't... Well, I, I want to tighten this up. Like, you see the gut? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just meat and mush that I've had for years and years, but I want it to be gone. And more of it... Like, I've been eating a little shittier lately, and I actually still lost weight. Like, my one trainer said, sometimes you're kicking your body... She's like, your body gets so used to what you eat, your chicken, you know, that when you eat shitty once in a while, it forces your body to fucking metabolize faster yeah. and that actually helps you. Yeah. Well, they say, I mean, I'm sure they, they tell you that you should have, you, sh you should have, you know, meals you really want to have every once in a while. Yeah, Otherwise, you just fucking miserable. You go fucking nuts. Yeah. Then you end up eating like, you know, fucking giant party bag full of M&Ms or something. Yeah, you go on a binge for yeah. a week and that's really. And then you feel like shit and you're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, fuck I'm off it. the wagon. I'm off it. Fuck it. 
and then you'll start looking like Bobby Kelly. Poor Bobby, man. You know, I worry about Bob. Although I think Bob is a streaky player. He's a streaky hitter. He's obviously gotten fatter from just, you know, the pressure and the eating and the addiction and he quit smoking. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, oh, he, he did quit? Yeah. So Bobby doesn't smoke. So that really kicked him into gear with the food. But yeah, I want to see him lose the weight. And he can't. Plus, he's got a new son. And it's like, you know, that's a lot of pressure. It is. But I also want to see him. It's like, you know, you do. You want to see your son graduate high school yeah. and get his little girlfriends and. He'll do it. Yeah, but addictions do stop that stuff. Like, you know, I, I, if Geraldo is alive and you said to him, you, you fucking dummy, you abandoned your th- sons, he would he would punch himself in the mouth. Right. Like, Greg would be mad at himself. Like, how the fuck could I have done something so stupid? You know, he would be the first to say that. So when you see something like that or you see guys whose self-destruction has way too many years sooner whether it's Mitch Hedberg or him or you know I mean Patrice had a stroke I don't I don't know if Patrice Patrice was heavy but he also had diabetes right even if he had lost 30 pounds that may have happened we don't you don't know with a stroke because right. skinny guys have them too but you want he was getting he was he was doing healthy things yeah Vaughn said he like. was doing some healthier stuff like he had he, gone vegan yeah but he put weight on I think when he was vegan because he said it's all fattening food like breads and pastas yeah. So I want to see Bobby do it. I think he can because I do care it. about him. And it's like, you don't want to see your buddy unhappy. And he makes, Bobby's hilarious. So he makes fun of it. And he's you not know, there. And he, you know, he can do a great fat joke. And, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you don't want it to be the point where that's who you are. Right. Like sometimes I'm caught up in, all right, I'm a fucking hooker loving, tranny loving pervert. And mm-hmm. it's like, then there's other times I don't want to talk about that stuff at all. Not because like, hey man, I want to talk about my project. Right. But it's like, you know, I'm bored with it because I do it and I speak about it a lot. So right. I'm sure Bobby gets sick of hearing that shit. Yeah. No, it's 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 tough. And it's a type of addiction that it's not, not that I'm, I'm not saying, dr- you know, drug or alcohol addiction is, is cool. Right. But especially in the entertainment industry, if you have a drug, if you have a little drug problem or you like drinking a little too much, it's like. Yeah, well, he's an artist. You know, that's sure. that's what they do. But when you eat too much, there's there's, and I know I sound like some kind of liberal asshole right now, but there's there's a type of hatred, yes, for people who eat too. Like, when, like I don't I don't get the urge to like get wasted or like smoke pot or like do coke. Like, I'd rather sit down and eat fucking twelve bagels. Yeah, like that's unacceptable. Like that just means I'm a fat. Like you know. Right. Food's very hard. It's it's very taboo. It's harder than alcohol and drugs to quit to, because you can't quit. Right, because um, you have to. Food eat, is the hardest. In some capacity, you still have to consume food. Oh, my food. God, you have to eat healthy. <laughs> it's the hardest addiction because you don't have to gamble. Even sex addiction, which is very much like food addiction, yeah, um, is not as hard as food because you technically don't have to. Right. Although, you know, you don't fantasize and intrigue with food. You can, but I mean, you don't text, sure. you don't text a bagel. <laughs> You know, I want to fucking, I want to fucking put cream cheese on you, and it writes back when your girlfriend's in the bathroom. You know, so they're, they're both very, very rough addictions. Yeah. Well, you're doing. It looks like you're doing well, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, my trainers are good. Uh, my trainers are Jennifer and Shanit, um, and they're both really, really good at what they do. Good. You know, I'll tell you what my train. My one trainer, I think, wants to remain kind of an. But my one trainer is uh, Jennifer Gottlieb. She's uh on Jim Florentine's That Metal Show. She's like the, I forget what her name is there. She's a really hot chick that pulls stuff out of the box. Ah. That's Jen. She's, she's uh, right. on Twitter uh, on Twitter and uh, Jennifer Gottlieb. And she's really good, man. She mixes it up and she fucking, ugh, she's fucking brutal. She can be brutal. Yeah. But she's helped me fucking, you know. That's what you need. Yeah, but she's nice and we have fun and we chat. So I like her as a person. 
but she's helped me a lot. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I, uh, congrats. Congrats on that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you mentioned that you were on Jay Leno uh, a little while ago, you know, trying to promote the special and obviously he's leaving the tonight show. I know yeah. NBC still wants to, um, uh, keep him around in some capacity, which I think is a, a smart idea. Yeah. Um, the one thing that, one of the things that I respect about Leno is the fact that he has you on the show and ha- and has had during the first go around of the tonight, um, you know, when he, when he was doing the tonight show, he brought in people like you and Nick Thune and like all these people you wouldn't normally see on like mainstream television. Sure. Um, so I think that's cool. And I think it's interesting that a guy like Jay Leno and you get along, uh, because he's very, you know, he's considered, you know, pretty middle of the road, you know, uh, vanilla and you are, you are not, um, do you think you'll, you'll, I mean, is there any way that you'll, you'll work with him again? You know, do depends you, on what he does. Yeah. I mean, what I see Jay doing and, and again, he's never indicated Jay's smart. Like he, when you sit with Jay, he doesn't, he'll talk a little bit about, but he's not going to, you know, like, uh, he hasn't said anything to me. Like, you know, he'll just kind of say, that's going on, man. How you doing? All right. So how you doing, Jay? That's all right. It's good, man. It's good. You know, like he just, and that's why he's so good at what he does because he's not a fucking baby about shit. Like he doesn't go on the air and whinge about it and whine about right. it. He just fucking stayed number one and made himself really hard to get rid of. Yeah. He didn't, you know what I mean? And that's part of what makes him really a bright dude. I don't know what he'll be doing. What I see Jay doing is, because uh, he fucking loves cars, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he did like, you know, one hour car specials for like the Discovery Channel or the Learning Channel or just all these things that he would probably love to do, travel yeah. channel shit, like fun documentary stuff, man on the street shit at car shows, like uh, stuff that he enjoys doing. Right. Um, because that, that stuff seems like it's right up his alley and, uh, and, and gigs. I mean, because that's stuff that's fucking would be easy for him to do. Yeah. You know, this is a grueling gig. I like Fallon too. I mean, uh, you know, and I'm not giving the politically correct answer. I genuinely like Jimmy, and he's had me on too. So uh, the fact that I, I get away with a lot, and it's not just Jay. It's his exec producer. His name is Debbie Vickers, and she is surprisingly like nobody knows who she is because she's not on the air. Right. But behind the the scenes, where like you have to go through certain standards and practices, like I haven't been sure about certain jokes. I'm like, should I do this one or that one? And one of them is pretty rough. And she's like. Yeah, whatever, see, whatever your instincts tell you, you know, like she's, <laughs> right. it's, I'm like, fucking Christ, like, if only people could see this is how the Tonight Show works behind the scenes. Right. Like, people that have the uh, impression of it being this stick up the ass place, eh, uh-uh. I mean, you know what I mean? There's guys there that when you do the bits, there's guys that will help you write stuff, and some of the stuff they, they I'm like, dude, I can't say that. You know, they're they, like, yeah, you could. They, yeah, try it. They let me do one joke one time where I, the jo- the punchline had something to do with the dog's paw prints on a girl's hips, which was, of course, a dog fucking a woman joke. Like they sure. it, They really let you go very, very far. So uh, I love doing it, man. They're definitely not as milquetoast as people think at all. Yeah, yeah well, you know, I, I think I think that registered to me uh, when you started popping up on there. And rumor has it that Jay has a giant cock. You know, um, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but for years now I've heard that he's got one of the biggest dongs in Hollywood. I've never asked him. I really want to. You really should. Because I'm just afraid that he would shame me like, and go, like, well, what do you want to know? Like, I mean, he'd be right. I have no answer for it. Like, I don't know why I want to know. <laughs> but I'm, I, I just die. It would explain his confidence because Jay's a very confident performer. Um, it would explain that. That's why he just knows. He's, you know, he's the fucking... He's the, you know, he's the fucking guy at the helm. He's the biggest cock at NBC, and I respect that. Right, F- both figuratively and, <laughs> and, and literally. I respect that. 
Um, do you have another book in you, Jim? Yeah, I, I, wanna, I really I want to read some Jimmy Norton books. I want to write another one. I've been very lazy, and the sex addiction hurts because you're always preoccupied. You're always focusing on that nonsense. Yeah. But I really do want to do another book. Um, you know, again, it's hard because I get to talk every day and every night about what I want. It's hard to muster up the passion. Then again, Chelsea Handler does it. That fucking... She fucking machine puts out a book every three weeks. So yeah, she's Chelsea's uh, doing it. So I, I should do something. I just got to think of something I really want to write about. Um, but yeah, you're right. I should do it. It's been four years. Five it's been years. four years. Almost the, five years. And it seems like I mean, more and more comedians are 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 putting books out. And I feel like you started putting them out before that whole. I feel like there's just been a. I I only feel this way because I'm constantly trying to keep up with sure. everything every comedian is, is doing, and I can't. Uh, but I feel like you were kind of uh, ahead of the curve, and uh, yeah, it would be good. No pressure. I mean, listen, you've got a, you've got enough shit you're doing. You well, know, I want to write a book. If I could, I would love to do an autobiographical book about the addiction, about the sex addiction, a brutally honest book. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think that would be so helpful. Yeah, I, I'm just not ready to. I all of it. I can't say all of it. Some of it I still can't say. No, I mean none of it's terrible. You know, I'm just not, I'm not gonna, I don't fuck kids. It's, it, right. Th- I thank God I don't have that demon. Like I don't want to. I don't want a horse to come in my mouth. Like I'm so happy. Me and a comedian named Russ Beneve were talking one time. About what pat- is what is Russ doing these days? I, I have not seen him in a while. I heard he's writing films. He and stuff. used to be one of my favorite comedians here in New York. Yeah, I still see him at the comedy cell. He still works. He's good. I mean, he's- yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be on the road. A lot of times guys go on the road or they're working on writing projects. He might be doing that shit. Okay, all right. We were talking about pedophiles, and I was saying, like, God, pedophiles should be killed. And he said something really interesting. He goes, man, I thank God I don't have that demon. I thank God. Like, he has such a, a nice way to look at it. Yeah. And as I've gotten older and further into the addiction, I do think that, like, thank God that's not my fucking thing. Right. Like, it doesn't turn me on. I don't want to do it. I don't want to see it. Like, thank God I don't like hurting women. Like, the idea of raping a woman does nothing for me. Yeah. Even rape role play doesn't really do Like, what's I have to just tweedle my own nipples. Like, I can be dominant and spank a girl and pull her hair, you fucking whore. Right, right. But, like, the idea of hurting a woman, like, legitimately does nothing for yeah. me sexually. And I'm so glad I'm not a sadist or, like, because I'm so addicted like to the other shit, I, I thank God that my addictions aren't that, yeah, that horrible shit. You know, is it just what I mean? What is it? Is it just the repetition, or is it specific things that you fall prey to? Both, yeah, both. Man, the repetition. I was doing this about a week ago. I was in bed and I was trying to get to sleep, and I just kept starting to jerk off and stopping. A lot right. of times, I'll just edge. Sure. And then I just, all of a sudden, I get to a place, I'm like, okay, I can sleep now. But I realize you're getting high. It's like a dopamine drip where I'm just getting high. And instead of coming and ruining the high, I'm just kind of getting into that loopy breathing. Because you breathe different when you're jacking off. And I think that's a big part of it. Like, it's just kind of getting high. I think that's a big part of it. And I'm like, man, you are a fucking addicted, man. One o'clock in the morning, you get up at 5.30, you're doing this shit. Yeah. But it's 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 like any other, you know, the people people that think that sex addiction is not a real thing... Um, you know, that, Anthony Wien is a great example. Yeah, I mean, c- clearly, if he, I mean, do you, uh, he would stop. He, would, he stop. would stop. You know, everybody's saying that he's 
a disgusting. I'm not saying he's not disgusting, but I'm saying you know yeah. most people are disgusting. Sydney he, Leathers is sexy. It'd be hard not to send her dirty pictures. She's juicy, man. Yeah, you you Fuck think so? Yes, <laughs> yes. I would fucking. I would not only put my dick in her, I'd come in her. I don't even know if she's on the pill, but I wouldn't even pull out. She's fucking. Just, she's very juicy and dirty and sexy. She is. Yeah, she does seem dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I uh she's like regular girl hot. Yeah. I feel like. I saw her what did she do? The um the vivid um she, oh, did, yeah, l- yeah. she did like that. It was just new, just her yeah. alone. Um sure, yeah. Why not? Um but yeah, I mean the people that, you know, get on somebody like Anthony Weiner, they, they I just feel like they just have no I don't know. They 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 they're not thinking. You know, like these are the same people that you know maybe smoke two packs a day. Well, fuck you. You're you're disgusting. You're smoking yeah. two packs a day. Like it's just it, that is no matter how demonized uh, smoking has become, it's still more socially acceptable acceptable than you know sending dick pictures to right. to random people. We're very silly, and again, we deserve the liars we get because they all do it. They're all shit. Your politicians, I mean, come on. They're all fucking pigs. Look at the mayor of San Diego. Look at Jim McGreevy was blowing people. And I don't care that he's gay. Right. He was cheating on his wife. Look at Spitzer. Look at Mark Sanford. Look what Bill Clinton did. Some of them aren't. Like Obama, for some reason, doesn't strike me as a pig. George Bush didn't strike me as a pig. But enough of JFK couldn't keep his, you know, Otto has a great joke. He'd fuck a parking meter if there was time left in it. It's an Otto and George joke. They're all fucking pigs. And a lot of them do amazing, great, life-changing work. So stop giving a shit. And I know that that makes them susceptible to blackmail. So stop making it so shameful so they can't get blackmailed for it. Who cares? I don't care what they do. You know, a lot of these people probably have under, you know, uh, understand and they they have a, maybe, yeah, you know, with with their, with their significant others. Maybe yeah. some Wiener May. I mean, she. Who knows? Maybe I mean, she's certainly sticking around. Yeah, for some reason. Maybe she likes that about dirty, dirty Anthony. Maybe. Maybe she. Maybe she texts vagina pictures. I hope so. Women don't do that though. I mean, like Mary, Hillary Clinton's never gonna get caught for opening her asshole over a mirror and snapping a photo and fucking <laughs> sending it to some guy in Decatur who's jerking off. I hope though that she, that she has her own fun. Somehow I think she doesn't, but it yeah, seems unfair. She seems almost asexual. Yeah. It could be the pantsuits. Yeah, they're terrible. She's got the <laughs> sex appeal of a cicada. <laughs> uh, all right, Jimmy. I, I'm going to let you go. I really appreciate you talking to me. I'm exhausted, dude, but uh, no, you, you treat comedians good, so I'm happy to do it. Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you noticing, Jim. Yeah, of that, course. That, it means a lot to me. Uh, so congrats on everything. Uh, everybody should check out everything you're doing, American Degenerate. Thank you. And uh, please be offended. Did they send you a link to it? I uh, yeah, I oh, watched. I watched it last night. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's fresh in my mind. Goodbye. The smut you pedal. I really do pedal. Offensive. Yeah. It, don't be scared, you little bitch. You did good. Kissing the head. <laughs> God, <That's> great. <laughs> Creepy dick jokes, like Robert <laughs> Kelly says in the in the opening. Yeah. All right, Jim. Thanks, man. Thanks, Dylan. And there you have it, guys. Jim Norton, the legendary Jim Norton. Thanks so much, you guys, for tuning in 
again to the Laugh Spin Podcast. We really do appreciate it. This was a special episode. What we usually do every week is bring you a comedy news digest. So if you like the interview or if you like the idea of getting your comedy news delivered straight to your ears via iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and TuneIn.com, please do subscribe to the Last Spin Podcast in any of the aforementioned ways. And also do follow us on Twitter at LaughSpin.com. If you'd like, you could email me at Dylan at LaughSpin.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at LaughSpin.com. We're on Facebook. We're on all the good social media stuff. And also check out AllThingsComedy.com, which is our incredible podcast network that was started by Al Madrigal and Bill Burr about uh, about a year ago, I guess. Uh, so check out allthingscomedy.com. See what's going on over there. So until next week, see you guys.